Some of the best playoff football I think I've ever seen in my life. The Cavs get a W against the reigning NBA champs. And the Guardians are staying home. I'm Kevin from Cleveland, and let's talk about it. So, I've got Tim here with me. Go ahead and say hi, Tim. What's up, guys? Um, we've got something big in the works. It's not official yet. Uh, we're going to talk about it more next week. Um, the reason I'm not talking about it yet is you have to come back next week and hear the big news. Um, but it, it involves both of us, uh, and that's all I'm giving you. But we have some crazy playoff games to talk about. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like the best I can say is wow. Like, that was some insane football, dude. I, we're lucky that we got to see those. Yeah, 100%. All the games were fun to watch. All of them were close. Like, it wasn't like Wild Card Weekend where you had the two Doug games between the two, and the two seed and the seven seed. They were all entertaining. Even, like, even the games that started out a little slow, they still picked it up at the end and were entertaining to watch, and it was just good football all around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think um, it was the year uh, the Super Bowl, it was Patriots-Falcons. Do you remember that that playoff year where it was literally every other playoff game was a blowout, including the divisional round and including the championship games, that everything was ending up to be a blowout? I yeah, felt like that's what it was going to end up being great. because of the fact that it was, um, you know, Wild card weekend. There were two blowouts. Um, it doesn't. It didn't really look like a lot of the teams that were in the playoffs belonged in the playoffs. And then I didn't know what to expect for you know the divisional round because I just saw a very piss poor wild card weekend, and um, we got ourselves a treat. We got uh, every game was good. Um, and every game except one ended in last-second kicks, which we will touch on that before we move on to the Cavs. But yeah, I don't, I, it was it was wild. It was wild. Let's uh let's let's go ahead and hop into that first game, which was uh, Bengals Titans. The I've got some just regular game stats, and then uh, I'll let you go ahead and dive dive deep into it for me. Uh, we'll just go ahead and we'll talk. Bengals first. So you had Burrow, who was sacked nine times, might I add. He went 28 for 37, 348 yards, and an interception. Um, And then rushing, you had Mixon with 54. Burrow had five rushing yards on two carries. Um, And that was, I mean, that was the main rushes. And then obviously in your receiving, you had Jamar Chase with 109, which he got a lot of that on that uh, quick dump uh, that, you know, he damn near took to the end zone. Uh, T. Higgins had 96. Uzama had 71. Mixon had 51. Boyd had 17, which to me, everyone wants to say, well, a lot of his passing yards are all because of Chase, but right there is proof that he passes the ball around, he spreads that ball around, and that's that. he's just so good. Um, and then you had the Titans. Uh, Tannehill went 15 for 24, 221 touchdown, three, touch, three interceptions. Foreman had, well, 
We got our rushing yards. We had uh, Foreman with 66. Henry with 62 on 20 carries. And Tannehill on 12 with three carries. And then you're receiving you at A.J. Brown, uh, 142. Wow, I didn't really see it that big of a game. Oh, because they had that bomb that was in the end zone. That that really uh, chalked up his, his stats. Uh, Julio, 62. Dontrell Hilliard, which I totally forgot that he was on the Titans. Uh, he had 13 yards. And then, obviously, you know, you got your people that just got a lucky catch that shouldn't have been on the field. Um, so total yards for both teams, you had Bengals with 345, Titans 353. So, I mean, it was really close there. Um, rushing yards, the Bengals dominated that. Or passing yards, Bengals dominated that. Rushing yards, Titans dominated that with 140. And then yards per play, the Titans actually dominated that with 6.8. Uh, I mean, everything is close. Like, first downs, 16, 17. Third down efficiency was much better for, well, yeah, it was much better for the Bengals. Fourth down efficiency, there was no, the Bengals didn't have to go for it. Um, Bengals actually ran off more plays, obviously. Sacks allowed nine, which there should be like 13, but uh, two of them were blown dead. Uh, there were five punts apiece. There were, well, damn, there were six penalties on the Bengals for 46 yards, two for 15, uh, no fumbles, three interceptions thrown by Tannehill. Um, but the moral of this is the Bengals ruled the clock, and majority of the time, if you rule the clock, you're going to end up winning that game if you use the clock correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, this game – felt like the Bengals game to lose after the first play. Yeah. I mean, that set the tone where it's like, okay, I was thinking, okay, Bengals are just going to roll the Titans. I mean, that didn't end up happening, but I never felt like the Titans were going to win. It felt as though it was the Bengals game to lose. And the thing that really concerned me was Mike. Goodness, do the Bengals need to address offensive line? Oh, I mean, yeah. nine sacks. Oh, yeah. Burrow is going to get killed. I was thinking the same and thing. Something interesting that was pointed out on the fan today that I noticed on my way home. Um, over his last twenty, like Burrow has gotten sacked twenty times in the past like three games that he's played. Really which is insane, and he hasn't fumbled since then. So that's something that could happen. So just something to kind of keep out for in this championship game because yeah. I guess average is like five sacks and then you're probably going to fumble whether you recover it or not. Right. And he's gone like 20 in a row. So right. just statistics wise, that's something to kind of watch out for if you're oh, yeah, definitely. interested in making a wild bet. Right. Um, Joe Mixon is a beast. Yes. Like, I kind of <laughs> underrated him myself. Like I, I, I knew he was like top six, top seven. Honestly, he's, like top four right. running backs, especially after the year he had. He had a really strong year. Jamar Chase is just so explosive. It's it's crazy. He's so good for a rookie. Zach Taylor isn't that great of a coach. No, I got one thing to say real quick because I, I just didn't want to interrupt you there. Um, going back to Joe Mixon, I um, – like near the middle of the year he started to get on that you know 
top five running back list with the yards that the NFL always has. And I was like, oh, well, the only reason he's on there is, is because there's other athletes that just aren't performing. And I was, you know, just trying to undersell it. And I, how wrong was I? He is so, like, dependable. I, I, he is finally in a good situation now where he was, he's had some, some pretty bad Bengals teams. And now he's in just the right position for him to actually, you know, show who he is and how much of a important key to winning football games he is. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm not, I'm not, you know, happy for him because he's, you know, not on my team. But I, I'm happy that he is succeeding where he is. Um, and, and going back to that Zach Taylor thing, I don't know why, but every time they put the camera on him, he looked like he was clueless. Like, he looked oh, like yeah. he has no idea what the hell was going on. Yeah, he's he, he, he gets carried by Joe Burrow so hard. Like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's coach of the year. And we all just kind of forget last year everyone was calling for his head. Right. Like, everyone in Cincinnati wanted him fired. But he's getting carried by Joe Burrow. Even I mean, like the first portion of the year, he was getting game more during that game, and he just didn't want to. Right, and it, I, I, it nearly cost them the game. And I mean, he's he's really lucky that Evan McPherson is so good. Money Mac. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, he's probably the next Justin Tucker. I mean, other than that Packers game this year where he missed like three. He's, he just hits everything, no matter what. Like, he's got the confidence, the swagger. No moment is too big for him, and it's just insane to see that from a kicker. Kind of wish we had something like that. Uh, yeah, and I was honestly so jealous of all, all of the teams that have good kickers this year because we would have won more games if we had a good kicker. Like, we lost games by two by – by one, you know, and and that that shouldn't be happening, you know, because you should have that that kicker, a reliable kicker, and um, three of the four teams that were in that in that playoff, or yeah, yeah, no, what? Yeah, three of the four games were won by three. A game yeah, game three game of the four game. games were won the by. Got saved. Right. By a kick that sent it into overtime, so it just shows kickers are important. Kickers are really like important. Everyone's like, yeah, like people were talking before the season. They're like, ah, oh, you don't really need to worry about kicker. Kicker's just kicker. But every game was won because the kicker showed up and did his job. And then you saw what happens when you have a bad kicker and you lose the game. In uh, Green Bay. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about this next game, which was the Green Bay and 49ers game. So we're going to start with the um, – I, I, I'm doing winning team stats first, then losing teams, mm-hmm. which these stats, if I read them to you, you're going to say, how did the Packers lose? And it was obviously all special teams. Um, but Garoppolo threw 11 of 19 for uh, 131 yards, one interception – um, rushing, Mitchell had 53, Samuel had 39, and uh, check had 14. 
receiving, George Kittle had 63, so, I mean, a solid solid game for him. Samuel had 44, Mitchell had 18, uh, Jennings had 6. Uh, yeah, that's that's it for the Niners. I, that Those stats are horrible. I, that is a losing game stat right there. I, I have no clue how they won. And then like, you've got Aaron Rodgers throws 20 for 20 of 29 225 Aaron Jones rushing 41s AJ Dillon 25 and uh St. Brown had one yard of one rush but receiving Aaron Jones 129 Devontae Adams 90 and then you have Alan Lazard which his yards should be way higher than they are but he had one of six um and that's the, uh, so I, I just want to touch on it before I go to the total team stats. Um, everyone wanted to bitch and moan that Baker was forcing balls all season when all Rodgers did that game was force balls down the field to Devontae Adams. And that's why he has so many yards is because sometimes he would catch it. A lot of the times he didn't. But uh, total team stats. Um, the Packers crushed them on everything except rushing yards. Uh, they had more first downs. Their third down efficiency was better. They ran more plays. More sacks were allowed. They had to punt six times, and uh, we all know what happened on that one. They fumbled once, zero interceptions, and they had the ball just a little longer. It was 30-36 for them and 29-24 for the Niners. But those stats should win you a game. And uh, that's why Rodgers is not staying in Green Bay. Um, if you throw for that many yards, have a good game like that, and your special no teams. Too. Yeah. Like, Rodgers played a clean game, and the special teams just choked. I mean, he also played a part in that. Like you said, he forced the ball to Devontae Adams. He didn't trust his other receivers. Alan Lazard is a great weapon to have. Right. And I would honestly really like to have him on the Browns, even if that's just, I mean, he's a free agent. If that's Who, just Lazard? Kind of more low-key move. Um, Wait, you said Lazard's a free agent? Yeah, Lazard's a free agent. Adams is a free agent. They are heading towards a full rebuild. They are like $40 million over the cap, and they have so many key free agents, like, it is entirely possible the Browns could just go out and trade for Aaron Rodgers and then sign Devontae Adams. Like, that is something that could happen. I kind of doubt it does. But it's just crazy to see how fast the Packers are just going to explode. Yeah. I, I They're going to implode on themselves. But, yeah, it's um, it's it's, it's a rough time in Green Bay. Um I'm seeing a lot of the rumors now that are all kind of circling around one team for Rodgers to land, and it's uh, Denver. Yeah, they just hired the Packers OC. Yeah, so I could definitely I mean, see them going there. Um, I mean, we still got a shot. He's he's real tight with Van Pelt. He is, and he was kind of pissed when they got rid of him. So, so. it's it's a possibility. Um, I don't see him coming here. If he does, that would be awesome because we would probably go to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Because we literally would have gone to the Super Bowl this year if we had a QB. 
because their defense played their asses off down the stretch and kept us in football games, which the Packers' defense didn't really do that a whole lot this year. They won a lot of yeah. the games because of their offense, and it's so explosive. But if, yeah, if he I were mean, to come here, that'd be awesome. The Niners' defense was also really good that game. Oh, yeah. They, they, yeah. yeah, they held, like, sure, the Packers made mistakes on offense, but for a team that doesn't play in the cold often, they went in there and manhandled the Packers. Mm-hmm. Defense, they did good. Jimmy Garoppolo, I have no idea how he wins these games. His defense? Like, he, he just wins games in the most ugly way possible. Like, I, I don't know how he does it, but he just does it, and it just works. Like, that game-winning drive. He just hit Debo Samuel and then George Kittle, and the game was over. And it's like, wow. You see, Speaking of Debo, my gosh, is he amazing. He's so good. He's top five receiver. He can play right. He can do it all. Like, he, he can play running back if need be. He can play receiver really well. He's just so great to have. I think Debo is, which, I mean, maybe this is a, a very steaming hot take, but I, I say that Debo is top five in versatile players, meaning he's top five in players that can both perform exceptionally well at running back and wide receiver. Um, I personally, um, honestly, I should have made that list, but the top three that are coming to my head right now are uh, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Debo Samuel, because they're that's like that. They can do anything. They can do anything on the field. When you think they of Christian McCaffrey, you yeah. think of a running back that can come out of the backfield like crazy. You think of Alvin Kamara, you think of a running back that's outstanding but always comes out of the backfield. And now Debo Samuel is in that conversation. Um, we're in the midst of some great football ahead of us. This our, our football future is going to be awesome. Um. But speaking of futures, let's go ahead and talk about the Rams Bucks and then we'll talk about some rumors that are surrounding the Bucks as of today. Um so Rams, Matt Stafford, 28 of 30, 28 of 38, 366, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. What a stat. Like that that is a great game. I I do I really do like Matt Stafford. Um, he was always good. He was just in a really bad situation, and now it that that has been proven. Um, but rushing, Cam Akers, 48. Um, Jefferson, 15. Matt Stafford, 6 of 4. And then uh, Mitchell had 4 as well. Cooper Cup went for 183 yards, which a lot a lot of that came on that last drive to win that game. OBJ had 69, nice. Higby had 51, Jefferson 29, Akers 30. Uh, so those are, your, those are your top guys right there. Uh, total yards. Oh, whoops, I forgot. Bucks. Tom Brady, 30 of 54, 329, one touchdown, one interception. That is not a Tom Brady game. Um, Leonard Fournette. 51 yards on 13 carries. Tom Brady, zero yards on one carry. Nice. Um, Evans went 119, receiving Gronk, 85. Fournette, 55. Miller, 38. Johnson, 15. Bray, 9. Howard, 7. Your total team stats for that game. Rams, 
dominated with 428 dominate well not really dominated but 355 passing box had 308 so i mean it was pretty close um rushing 73 51 so rams dominated there and then um i mean yards per play it was pretty half and half 6.1 for rams 5.1 for the box but let's let's uh discuss a little something here before we really break down both sides um I think Brady's done after that performance, and here's why. Um, he cares way too—I I wouldn't say he cares way too much because it's a great legacy, but he cares way too much about his legacy to continue and have the chance of having a bad year because the conversation will be, all oh, Tom Brady was so great, except, you know, like I mean, the last year he played, he wasn't great, but, you know, he doesn't want that to be a conversation, and I don't blame him. Uh, so what do you got for me, Tim? Let's dive deep here. Yeah, I mean, he's very likely to win the MVP. Personally, I would have given him the MVP this year over Aaron Rodgers, even though I think Rodgers is probably going to win it because of the way the media kind of portrayed everything. So I would not be surprised if he decided. I mean, what other way to go out than being the MVP of the league? I mean, you could win a Super Bowl but that's off the table for this year at least, and the Bucks are only going to get worse. Chris Godwin is more than likely gone. They are having some cap issues. Gronk the other day, I know Gronk's probably just waiting for Brady to make his decision, probably. and that's going to be when he decides whether or not he's going to stay. But Gronk did say if he had to make the choice right now, he'd retire. So Gronk's like half halfway out the door. He's losing weapons. The team's only going to get worse from here and his Super Bowl window might have just closed so he might just say you know what I had a great career best of all time I might as well go out on top I like the way you put it yeah that's perfect I think yeah I think both of them are done um you know both obviously both great careers um I'm a I'm a Brady fan I, I mean, Gronk's great, but I'm not really like, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a huge Gronk fan, but just because I'm not a Patriots fan. But I'm, I'm a Brady fan because he went to Michigan, so I've got that tie with him. Um, you know, but it'll be, real, it'll be sad to see him retire. We've got greats retiring, and um, we've got, you know, people that are there to, you know, fill their shoes, thank God. But uh, there's there's some greats retiring, and it, it's a uh, end of an era uh, this year with all the you know people retiring and coaches retiring and all that. But um, yeah, let's 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 discuss this game a little bit. So I'll do my little point of view because I didn't even watch the whole thing because when they went up twenty seven, I said. Eh. I think I'm just going to go to sleep and watch the game tonight so I can, um, you know, watch the whole thing because I, I, I was very tired. So I clicked it on, fell asleep, woke up, rubbed my eyes. It's 2720. <laughs> and, then I, and then I watched the rest of it. Obviously, we all know what happens, that final drive by the Rams to get him in a field goal position and win it by a field goal. Uh, but go ahead and give me your, your analysis on this. 
Yeah, I mean, Brady started off really slow. The Buccaneers were undisciplined like they've been all year. Penalties killed them this game. Yeah. Caused the Rams to be able to get a few drives extended, which led to points that ended up biting him in the butt. And Brady, man, I mean, it's so hard to count him out. He's just got this, like, miracle energy, like, it factor where you, like, no matter what the situation is, he could always just flip a switch and the game is just tied yep. like it was during this game. Yep. For the Rams, I, watching Odell out there made me realize he wasn't the problem here. No. Like, we all tried to kind of fantasize it. We're like, oh, yeah, he's not running the right routes or anything. He, he wasn't the problem. Sure, he's not a number one receiver, but we, we need to have a hard, hard look in the offseason on whether or not Baker's the guy. And that this entire weekend showed, hey, gotta got to take a look at this. Look at what the Rams did. The Rams just traded for a quarterback who's – Arguably top 10. He is top 10 now. Last yeah. year, he was borderline top 10. Yep. And they went from a team that got bounced in the first round to a team that is probably going to make the Super Bowl. Yep. So, and they didn't give up too much to do it. Quarterback, like maybe Derek Carr, could make that much of a difference for a team like this. Because we are built very similar to the Rams. You see, with the... Uh... The whole Derek Carr thing. I'm not really a huge fan of Derek Carr anymore. Um, because, obviously, Baker has definitely had a bad year. But everyone wants to say, well, Baker needs everything perfect for him to succeed. What does Derek Carr need for him to succeed? He needs everything perfect for him to succeed. You know? Because you have Tom Brady. Uh, obviously, I'm... I'm, I'm big comparison but you have Tom Brady who can make the most out of a situation and bring his team out of ruts and you have Aaron Rodgers who can do it you have Drew Brees who can do it you have Joe Burrow who could do it you have Justin Herbert who can do it with you know but everyone no one makes excuses for them but then you have Derek Carr who everyone wants to compare like oh Derek Carr is so this Derek Carr is so that but if if something isn't going right in his situation, he will lose that game. Nine times out of ten, he will lose that game if things aren't going right. If it's a shootout, then he, he can win shootouts. I will give him that. He he wins shootouts. But if if it's not perfect situation for Derek Carr, nine times out of ten, he's losing that game. I'm I'm gonna have to disagree with you on the Derek Carr take here. Okay. Um, something interesting that I think you probably didn't know. Since 2018, Derek Carr has the most game-winning drives. Okay. How many he playoff wins there, does he, he have? How many wins. playoff wins does Derek Carr have since 2018? Um, Zero. Yeah. 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 He how many? How many does Baker Mayfield have? Yeah, hurt the first time that they made the playoffs. So technically, that was his first playoff game, and his team was pretty depleted. It's impressive that he even got them there, considering everything that went on with the Raiders this year. You lost your number two receiver. Your head coach abruptly left midseason after getting fired because of 
things off the field. Darren Waller was hurt the entire second half of the year, so you were down your number one target. And he still managed to sneak them into the playoffs. So I do find that, I, I think that does deserve a little bit, and things didn't go quite as well this year. But I do think he could be an answer for the Browns. He definitely raises the ceiling, in my opinion, and he wouldn't be super expensive to get. What would you pay for him? Being Josh Allen, Josh Allen is the market number. What would you pay for him? I'd pay $35 million You would pay $35 million to Derek Carr? Because right now he's only making $26 million for the next two years. Who? So he is Derek Carr. $26 million on the books. So he is a cheap. Uh, he's a he's a somewhat cheaper option if you compare that to Baker's cap number this year of eighteen. It's only eight more million dollars, and you can get that easy. There, there's guys to cut that you can get that. Now, so I think it's something to look into, and the asking price wouldn't be as high as Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. No, I do. Oh, okay, so I do. I see that he wouldn't be super expensive, and I just thought of this. Um, I, I'm sure you saw it. Uh, Devontae Adams said that he would be interested in playing with Derek Carr, uh, and he, obviously Devontae's a free agent. So if Derek Carr did end up on this team, we could probably get Devontae Adams to come here too. Which would be a big help for the receiving core. Uh, yeah. So it is, it is something to think about. Um, kind of something else I wanted to talk about with the Rams. Um, the Cam Akers story is pretty good. It's awesome. But he he nearly choked this game away for them. I mean, he's got to get those fumble issues under control. McVay clearly likes him. Um, kind of something to kind of keep out for because we need to kind of keep track of the other contenders. Daryl Henderson's a good running back. He's hurt right now, but I see him getting moved in the offseason for a draft pick. So the Bills might get him. And if that happens, uh, the league might be a little screwed. <laughs> that, that, they, Buffalo could, like, Singletary's good. He played really good in the playoffs. But you give them another running back who's really good, and I don't know how you stop them. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good. That's a good uh, combo right there. But uh, speaking of, let's go ahead and talk about that Bills Chiefs game, which was a heartbreaker for everyone in America except for Chiefs fans. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead with the team that should have won that game first. Uh, Josh Allen threw for 27. For 37, 329, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, rushing, Josh Allen on 11 carries had 68 yards. Uh, Singletary had 26 on 10. And Isaiah McKenzie had 15 on 3. Receiving, Davis had 201 yards on eight receptions. Uh, Beasley had 60 on six. Singletary, 25 on four, and Sanders had 16 on one. Pat Mahomes went 33 for 44, 33 of 44 
378, three touchdowns. Um, rushing, Pat Mahomes had 69 yards on seven carries. Why are the quarterbacks rushing more than the running backs in this game? <laughs> because both teams' running backs are trash. I know. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had 60 on seven. Um, Hardman, 31 of two. McKinnon, 24 for 10. And then Tyree killed negative two for one. Um, I'm just the the three big ones here. You got Tyree Kill for receiving 150 yards on 11 receptions, 96 yards, eight receptions for Kelsey, and McKinnon 54 on five. Total yards, Chiefs dominated with 552 passing yards, kind of dominated with 370 rushing yards, kind of dominated with 182 yards per play, um, 7.6. I mean, it was pretty close because Bills had uh, 6.7. But <sighs> Damn, dude. They need to change the overtime rules. I know I'm just saying it because I'm upset about it, but they need to change those rules. Like, tell me why the college overtime rules are better than the NFL overtime rules. The college overtime rules are more competitive than the NFL overtime rules. The college overtime rules are more entertaining than the NFL overtime rules. And the college overtime rules make more sense than the NFL overtime rules. Why? What the, what, the NFL is never going to adopt the college overtime rules, sadly. I don't think they will because then that's admitting that college does something better. What I see happening is you might see a full quarter played. I think, um, what's his face? Um, there was an announcer that said something along the lines of, he thinks that a 10 minute quarter should be played with an extra two minute drill. It's a great idea. It would get them more revenue. You have plenty of opportunities for, Teams to be able to score, both teams have a good shot at being able to do so. And it would just end with more satisfying games than what we got. I mean, that just, it felt so weird to not have, to not see Josh Allen get a shot because a coin flip. That just doesn't make any sense that potentially the Super Bowl champion got crowned on a coin flip. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. That, that doesn't make any sense. Now, I um you just you mentioned um what a, a good overtime would be. You just said let them play out a quarter, right? Yeah, I saw yeah. um which this would be awesome and this would put more even more importance on the kicking position is that they would have a kickoff, literally a kickoff where I, you would line them up, and whoever nails the longest kick wins. That would put way more importance in that in in your kicking, and that would put uh, I feel like a little more entertainment. It's a, it's just like a, a a professional game of pig, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could also end up having the exact same conversations we have now, where it's like. We really let that be. We really let that game be won because the kicker shanked one. But I, I mean, 
Hey, well, but it, it's better than a coin flip, you know? Because it, it takes actual skill to win that game. Now, you also have this, well, good luck for the Ravens. Anyone playing the Ravens that goes into OT. <laughs> the, the game's just over. Right. I mean, unless it's the Bengals, then, then oh. McPherson's got a shot. That's going to be a fun but one. Everybody else, I'm like, yeah, you're done. It, right. It's over. No, I, um, yeah, no, overtime rules definitely got to be changed. Um, I, yeah, I think they just play another quarter and just let the best team win. Because if you yeah. put that to another quarter, you have another very, very entertaining uh, quarter of football there that means a lot. I feel like they should change the overtime rules. If they're not going to change them completely, at least change them a little bit to where um, both teams have a shot. Both teams have a shot. If you score on your drive and they don't score on their drive, there it is. But... That would literally be college overtime because it makes too much sense because that's what it is. If they score a field goal, you score a field goal, another overtime. You score a touchdown, they score a touchdown, another overtime. I I just either make it like you said, just have them play out a quarter or just do college overtime rules because it's so much better, so much better that way. But, I mean, there's really not a whole lot to talk about in this game other than the fact that Josh Allen kind of torched that – secondary with like two minutes left um, i mean i feel like we should also talk about gabriel davis yeah i mean definitely he, he just broke the playoff touchdown record for a game right like the, like like a random guy gabriel davis he wasn't getting that much playing time at the start of the year he was like wide receiver number five or four like cole beasley Diggs, and sanders were ahead of him and you even had isaiah mckenzie and they're getting carry getting yep. yards. But Gabriel Davis had himself such an amazing day. Four TDs. That's he insane. Put the team on his back. Like yeah. Diggs didn't even show up at all. Like we were both wrong on the Exactly. We game. both thought that Diggs was gonna have some type of revenge game. Uh, apparently Gabriel Davis was the one that wanted to have the revenge game. Yeah. It, it, it was what, like you said one ninety four touchdowns or something insane like that? He went I it I was, believe it was uh it was um two two hundred and one yards on eight. So eight or four touchdowns. Yeah. That's that's just insane. And and his last two touchdowns is what put them into overtime. Yeah. If if they didn't yeah, score on those, there was no overtime. He broke, he, you saw him break that Chiefs defender's ankles. Like oh the Chief, like God. he was just on the ground, thirty yards, like twenty yards away, and I'm just like, wow. That was awesome. They really should have won that game. Oh. But you know what? what if Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, it's like having sheet codes. It like, literally is. So, something else, like everyone would have been mad about this, but if you're gonna have the new taunting rules, why does Tyreek Hill just get away with the deuce sign every time as he stares and talks trash in the guy's face? He gets fined for it every time he does it. He gets it. fined for it, but they don't throw the penalty right. flag unlike they would with other guys. It's because if he plays for the, the Chiefs. Rule, be consistent with it. Like I don't like the rule, but why? Why does he just get excluded from it? I, I don't get it. No one on the no one on the Chiefs gets called for taunting. No one. 
It's because now the Chiefs are the NFL's puppet. They are the uh, the money maker of the family. So they will make them as happy as they want. Um, and it kind of, it's it's so frustrating. It really is frustrating. Now that you now that you brought that up, um, yeah, no that. Tyreek Hill is a very great athlete. He is the poster for speed in this league, which I do understand why he gets away with it a little bit, but I've seen worse taunting calls this year on less of a peace sign. So NFL officiating needs to be adjusted. Um I don't I wouldn't mind if like they put younger, more fresh eyes on the field like why aren't we given like you know i wouldn't say like college kids but like like the, some of the college refs opportunities yeah the I mean, college refs call good games majority of the time good games they're relatively mostly younger than nfl refs most of them are in their 40s so they might be able to keep up a little bit better than most nfl reps who are in their 60s yeah Kind of struggling trying to get down there. Right. <laughs> it's funny. No, but th- it was a really good weekend of football. Um, Sunday is going to be awesome. And now it is time to make our picks. Tim, I will let you go first on our first game. Who do you think is going to win the AFC championship game? It's going to be the Chiefs. I, like, I, I I, don't want to, like, we obviously don't want the Bengals to completely succeed. Right. But I just hate the Chiefs so much that I want the Bengals to win because I find the Chiefs that annoying. Yeah, I agree. Like, Travis Kelsey is from around here, and he doesn't like it that we don't like him that much. But Ty, I just, Tyreek Hill makes me mad. Patrick Mahomes... He, he's he's a good guy. His wife and brother annoy me. Yeah. Did you see that she she poured beer on fans? She it was champagne. champagne on fans. That was ridiculous. It was champagne, they're, they're, but they're, yes, they're it was ridiculous. Win. The Bengals' offensive line isn't good enough this year. Melt that. <sighs> they beat him. They beat him already changed. once, Tim. I mean, somehow the Steelers ended up making a trade that just saved the Chiefs' defense because Melvin Ingram, right? Yeah. yeah. Melvin Ingram just went in there, and their defense went from being historically horrible to just being a top 10 unit overnight, and it's just like, wow. Yeah. Um, i I going to go ahead and say the – Yeah, yeah, Chiefs are going to win. Um, I don't think it's going to be, like, crazy, but I do think the Chiefs are going are, are gonna to pull it out with Butker, actually. I think it's going to be another game that ends in a kick. Because um, that, that. that was the majority of the season, actually, too, as a lot of the games this year ended in kicks. But, no, I, I do think that it's going to be a great game. Um, Burrow is gonna, definitely going to show up. I feel like the offensive line is going to redeem itself a little bit because they're going to have to if they want to stay in it. Um, I've, I, yeah, I feel like it's going to be a close game, but I, I feel like Chiefs pulled away with that, um, with a with a kick to finish it off. But yeah, 
that uh, NFC Championship game at 630. Uh, I think I know your answer, and I definitely know mine. Um, I think the Rams are going to go ahead and walk away with this one. Um, I said that I, I, be, I bet against the Niners last week, and I understand I was wrong, but I do think that um, I, I, the Rams are going to walk away with this. They're going to walk right into the Super Bowl. The, Ram, the Niners are going to open the door for them and close it on their way out. I, I agree, but it's so weird. Kyle Shanahan just has Sean McVay's number. The Rams are like 0-6. Yes. Sean McVay is head coach against the Niners. It's it, it's like they just can't win, and I have no clue why. It's one of the, like, I know the, Ram, the Rams should win. I'm going to pick the Rams to win. Right. But if the Niners just came out and won, I wouldn't be surprised because he just, Sean McVay just gets outcoached that bad in this matchup, and I don't get it. Um, I forgot to ask you for the AFC Championship game. Who is your player of the game? Uh, it's probably going to be, I can see Frank Clark being the player of the game. If he has like a strip sack, okay, I, I can I can see that happening. Okay, I can see Mahomes being the player of the game. If the Bengals win, it's going to be Joe Burrow. Like give Joe me Burrow's a stat, give me a stat for Burrow and Mahomes. Yeah, Joe Burrow is going to need to put up a game similar to what Josh Allen did last week, and I can see that happening. He's that good, like he's he's amazing. I, yeah, I get so jealous. But, Me too. <laughs> oh well. Um, my my player of the game for the NFC Championship game is going to be uh, Cooper Cup, for obvious reasons. I think he's going to have another monster game. Um, not nearly as crazy as damn near two hundred yards because the I mean, Niners defense isn't bad clearly, but I do think he's going to have a monster game. Um, and then on defense. I think my player of the game, if the obviously this is if the Rams win, my player of the game on defense is going to be um, Jalen Ramsey. I think he's going to make Garoppolo make some really bad decisions. Um, player of the game, if the Niners win, is going to be Debo Samuel for obvious reasons. He's the like I said. He's top five versatile players in the league right now, and he's going to make that known. He's going to have uh, a monster game. That's if they win. If Obviously, if they lose, then he was not very effective because he is a big, big key for them to win this game. And then uh, on defense, Bosa, because he's ready to go and he's hungry and I, I feel like he really wants a Super Bowl. <laughs> Not like the whole team yeah. doesn't, but I feel like yeah, Bosa he in particular. Is just a game wrecker. Yeah. If they're going to win, they need Bosa to show up. And I, I swear, if Jimmy Garoppolo somehow stumbles his way into a Super Bowl with no touchdowns at all during the postseason, I, I have no words for how confused I'm going to be because that's just that it's just it's unfathomable that there's a shot they make the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo playing like a bottom 10 quarterback it, it's just insane I, I agree and if Garoppolo waltzes into a Super Bowl 
then that would mean that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl because the Niners are not going to beat the Chiefs. Um, they beat the Packers, but that was because the special teams was playing horribly. We read Rodgers' stats. His stats for the game were awesome. The special teams let him down, and his defense let him down. Um, but uh, I I don't want to make my prediction yet because we're not there. But I do think if our predictions are correct, then Mr. Mahomes will have himself two rings. Um, and we won't we won't stop hearing about it for the rest of the year up until the new season, and we'll probably hear about it until playoffs. Oh yeah, uh, we're we're gonna hear about how he's gonna over time elevate himself into the GOAT conversation because of sustained ex- success. I'm so glad that she, like Patrick Mahomes' contract kicks in next year. So they've got like $30 million less dollars to play with because yeah. his contract extension finally kicked in. That's going to be that, – that's going to hurt them. They're probably going to lose Honey Badger. So yeah. their defense is going to get worse. Yeah. And I am all for it. I I yeah, think the Rams, if the Rams don't make the Super Bowl, the team out of the AFC is going to win. Whether that be the Bengals if they pull off a miracle, or the Chiefs, the team from the AFC is probably going to win. Well, the yeah, because the AFC the in general is just the better conference. Yeah, the AFC, Yeah, overall, the AFC has like ten teams that are playoff caliber. The NFC has six. Yeah, you saw the like Eagles get wiped off the floor. I mean, I guess Pittsburgh did too, but they really shouldn't have. The Chargers would have been so much. Oh yeah, no, the the Steelers got in purely yeah. on luck. The Chargers should have been in that. They should have just tied the game. I I don't understand why they didn't. Would have been so nice. Well, I do understand. It's because I wouldn't want to do it either if it was my division rival. Um. But I, I would understand if it was someone that was just in the same, you know, same conferences. Honestly, I'd rather it be that different conference. If that game tied and it sends both of us into the playoffs for our different conferences, I could see it. But I, I, I would have been pissed as a Raiders fan if they were just, you know what, let's tie it so we both get an impossibly lose to this person, you know? Well, that, yeah, they would have played the Chiefs instead of the Bengals. But, right. I mean, either way. The, the AFC divisional winners this year, besides Tennessee, I I still don't understand how they won the AFC. I, yes, you do. You know exactly how they won the AFC because they have to play the Texans and the Jags four times a year. Of course, yeah. Somehow they only got three wins out of that. They lost to the Texans. I know. <laughs> yeah, I looked it up last week. I'm like, okay, let me just make sure I was right in saying that they got four free wins. And I'm like, how did they lose to the Texans? No, yeah, like, that, that was rough. How? But, I mean, then again, the Bills lost to the Jags earlier this year, so. That is true. But then again, like I said, AFC is the best conference, so those AFC 100%. matchups are always going to be interesting regardless. Um, I, whenever I think of the NFC, I just, I, I there's not, a, there's not like crazy powerhouses in the NFC anymore like there used to be. The mo- More of the powerhouses now are starting to, uh, set up shop in the AFC, which uh, kind of sucks because we are not one of them. So we have to figure out how to become one of them. But 
we will in time. Um, but another team that I want to discuss that is kind of a powerhouse is the Cleveland Cavaliers, my dude. Oh, my God. I'm so happy the Cavs are good. I'm so happy. We see in the East. It's awesome. I'm so excited this year. This year is so fun. Um, so let's go ahead and go ahead and look at these stats, which the, like I said last time when I was talking when we were talking about the Cavs, the Cavs always when they win those games, the big games that they win, a lot of their key players all have double digit scoring numbers and this is the case here. Uh, Evan Mobley went 16 points, Dean Wade 10 points, Jared Allen 10 points, Okoro 3, Garland 19, Seti Osmond 23. He got most of his points in the fourth quarter. And Kevin Love 25, Rondo 5, Stevens 4. Um, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good game for the Cavs. Um, the Bucks went Middleton 21, Antetokounmpo 26 and Portis 22 cunning how do you say his name I don't know I on whoever 24 is on the Bucks 11 holiday four um but the Cavs that first quarter was not great um oh and let me read uh total total stats here totally forgot um total stats just in general um bucks were 46.3% field goals cavs 47.1 percentage of three pointers cavs made 45.2 the bucks only made 28% of their three point three pointers and free throws were, I mean, Bucks kind of killed that on free throws because Giannis went to the line every time that someone blew air on him. But oh, yeah. the Bucks Rest still. Give this game to the Bucks. Yeah. But I also. The Cavs we had 82.4 for free throws. So go ahead. Yeah, that's Pat Connington. Uh, yeah, that was Pat Connington. Um, Cavs started out very slow, but Shetty and Love, they just came off the bench. And had an amazing game. Yeah, it gave I us mean, that spark we needed. exploded in that second quarter. He had like 18 points in the first half. Um, it was great that they were able to kind of put the teams on their back, get out from that nine-point hole, give the Cavs a lead. Garland picked it up at the end of the game. Um, Mobley, man, he's just getting better <laughs> so fun. and better offensively and it's great to see like he's getting more confident he's going in there he's posting out more he's hit he's starting to do his hook shots he's he's just progressing very well as a player and it's great to see when i feel like when mobley hits that Giannis workout program he will look like a freak of nature he will look awesome he, he's he's a very bright future if he continues to grow uh, it's going to be so fun if we keep our big three. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Giannis, I mean, he did po- he, he put Giannis on a poster. Yes, he too. did. That was fun. That was awesome. That was a perfect pass. That 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 was a Rondo pass, too, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Rondo pass. Behind the back. Garland to... is slowly picking up those flashy passes from Rondo. Yeah. You know, like, it, like, you'll see him do, like, two to three no-look passes in a game. 
Mm-hmm. Kind of backfired during the next game when he passed it to Shetty like on a cut, yeah. and Shetty just it just hit him in the face. I think, or that might have been Dean Wade. No, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, that it was like it was a good pass. Just Shetty wasn't ready for it. Yeah. But no, yeah, I I don't like the whole no look pass thing. But when it works, it's awesome. When it, yeah, it's just it, highlight reel. It looks awesome. Yeah, it works. If, and time, if it doesn't work, it's like time. just look at the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even earlier in the week, the Cavs were doing well. Next game, they won. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won against the Thunder too during the playoff game. I know a lot of people probably didn't watch that game because right. NFL playoffs are king. And I can't blame you. Yes. Um, the Lauren Marketing injury hurt. <sighs> that hurts a lot. He's probably going to be out for a good bit. So. But we better get used to it because if yeah. we do end up making the playoffs, he might not even be here for the playoffs. So, um, yeah, so honestly, it, it kind of helps because the more time we have without him, the more we learn to play without him. But when, if we get him back, then it'll be like, all right, well, now we're just adding this awesome piece back to the puzzle that now we will be ten times better than we were before. Yeah, and depending on how severe the injury is, I don't know if you saw this. Um, trades are probably coming. The yep. Cavs got a $9 million trade exception yeah, for, for Rubio. Rubio's injury that came today. Mm-hmm. So there's been talks about guys like Terrence Ross, who's – his salary is pretty big, so you need to use both. Except you need to use that exception plus the Travail McGee exception from last year. But he is contributing even on the Magic this year. He's on a bad team, probably a very cheap price. Might cost you your first rounder this year. But I mean, hey, you got two second round picks that are going to be high because they're from really bad teams. So that's nice. Um, DJ Warren is a guy to look into, but he's also recovering from an injury and hasn't played this year. Right. But he is an option if he comes back since the Pacers are trying to sell the farm. Uh, there's been talk about Dennis Schroeder because the Celtics need to get under the luxury cap, but yeah, luxury tax for this year since they're not doing so hot. Well, if you so think about it, we're probably – when when Mobley gets his extension – and Jared Allen, you know, we're going to be paying Garland. I, Jared Allen's contract is nice, but we will be paying Garland. We'll be paying Mobley. At some point in the next five years, we'll be paying a luxury tax, too. So we got to keep that in mind. Yeah. I mean, for a guy like Dennis Schroeder, he's on a – I think he's on a one-year deal. He, he got one to prove it. So he would be a nice piece to add. He can play a little bit of shooting guard. He's tall enough to do that. He had some secondary playmaking outside of Rondo, so you could have two point guards out there, run a two point guard system for a little bit, have a few lineups like that. Mm-hmm. And he's better defensively, which is nice and gives you some more size. So you wouldn't need to run Rondo and Garland out there at the same time. Right. And watch the, cause that, I understand why they do that lineup. But yeah. Every time I see that lineup, I'm just like, we're going to get torched somewhere. Yeah. That's why it was so nice having Rubio on this team too, because you could put Rubio and Garland out there at the same time, and it's like, wow, this is really this is like perfect. That's why we need we need to go get a guard. That if Garland needs to rest, then 
will be just fine because we have a very powerful guard that can hold his own out there. Um, names that I wouldn't mind giving up is uh, what uh, Kevin Pagos, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't mind giving um, Dean Wade up if we if if someone wanted him. Um, they're they're just the the. We have good reserves that I would be okay getting rid of, just to go get get some players. Yeah, I, I agree. Ed like Ed Davis is one of those guys. We don't see him often because of how many bigs we have, but he's a pretty solid player still. Yeah, I mean he started against the Knicks and played pretty all right. Well, no, was that the Knicks game? Yeah, that was the Knicks game. He played pretty all well, all right, because Allen was sick. Glad he's back. Yeah, I did honestly. I didn't even know he was playing against the Bucks until I turned the TV on and I saw him, and I was like, "Oh, we're gonna win." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, I'm really sad we didn't get involved in the Cam Reddish trade. Yeah, like, we didn't get Cam Reddish because he would have been like with the injury that just happened. He would have been perfect to put on this team as a guy that can pass around the ball a little bit, score from the wing, and he plays defense. And he's young, too. He fits the timeline. And with him not having too much of a great rookie, that too much of a great young career, you could have also brought him back for pretty cheap as a restricted free agent. Yeah. Even if you were worried about the cap, you could have easily brought him back and had him be a part of the core and be your sixth man. Right. But, oh, well, not going to happen. And uh, he's not going to get any playing time on the Knicks because – their coach just doesn't like playing guys that are 35 and old and washed right. because I, I don't get why he still has a job. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't understand. understand. No, if, if, if we're going to target anything in free agency, we need to go get guards. We need to get shooters. Our defense is, is fine how it is. Um, I just don't want to give up too much. And, and you know what? I, I I trust Altman. Whatever he thinks we need to do to go be a championship team or a playoff team, uh, do what you got to do. Um, let's go ahead and wrap this up here. Just touch on the Indian – or let's just touch on the Guardians. Um, there was news today that – or it was either yesterday or today that the cat – the Guardians will be renewing their lease through 2036, and we will expect to see changes to the um, organization and franchise in the next five years. Um, hopefully that yeah. means that they will be you know, not afraid to spend money and that they get another partner that has money so we can spend it and be contenders in this pay-to-play league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know there was talk a few weeks ago about a uh, guy trying to buy pieces of ownership with a path to ownership within the next five years just like you were kind of saying so there will probably be changes hopefully the Indians are willing to spend big mm-hmm. that would be nice having a good baseball team with some hitters I mean we can we can just print pictures out the wazoo but it would be so great to just go spend even just a tiny bit of money on some bats yeah. Instead of having your payroll be $40 million and just barely miss the playoffs and then be like, oh, well, we were successful. You know, we were. <laughs> this was a rebuilding year. Like, what? Why are you wasting Shane Bieber's 
you're just wasting Shane Bieber. You got a Cy Young guy right there, but you don't have just, anything to back him up. You don't have anything to back him up. Your only bats are Ramirez and Reyes, and that's it. Everybody else is just subpar. Miles Straw is pretty good, but everybody else is just below average in the bats, and it's frustrating. It is. It's really frustrating to watch the Guardians. I dude, it, I, I, it's going to take a while to get used to that. It's going to take a while to get used to it. But it, it's um, watching the Guardians this year is going to be, I hope, fun. Um, I wouldn't mind going to a few games this year. Uh, I'm only going to games if they're going to produce, though. So <laughs> we'll, well, we'll see. That's, a, that's assuming right. we get to watch the Guardians at all. I mean, player yeah. lockouts happening. That, that's true. That might be a topic for a show in the future. I hope it's not, but it'll give us something to talk about if yeah, it is. So a, it's, it's a whole mess. Right. Like, there's so much wrong with that situation. It, oh, well. We'll see what happens. We have plenty of time for baseball before baseball, and we've got plenty of stuff to talk about before then. But um, as always, thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it. Tim, thanks for coming on. Um, we've got some big news you guys next week so make sure you tune in to that uh it's gonna be exciting but as always i'm kevin from cleveland i'm tim roberts thanks for listening and we will see you in the next episode peace out guys